Welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast, recording live from Austin, Texas. Uh, I have in studio with me once again is Pastor Joseph Aiken, the Trace. What's going on, everyone? And Mrs. Leah Brown. The first. <laughs> and Mr. Jeff Mitchell. Thank you for having me. This is He's a longtime listener, second time talker. We're so excited to have him on the show <laughs> with us this week. And um, before the show and before we... We really got into things. Leah was really telling us a story, and I feel terrible that we didn't record all of it. So I'm going to ask you, Leah, you had an instance that happened the past couple years where you had uh, a time to really utilize your self-defense skills. <laughs> can you tell? Can you share with us about a certain wine night? Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to leave that detail out. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> people ask me a lot, you know, why do, why do, why do Americans need guns? Like, why do you actually need a gun? And I, ha I have good friends who say I would never be able to use, use a gun. Even if somebody were coming, these are, these are my female friends, right? They mm -hmm. say, even if somebody were coming into my house, I wouldn't be able to shoot them. I wouldn't be able to. And I asked them, have you, have you ever been in the position? Have you ever been in that position? Do you really know what you would do? Uh, would you fight, flight, or fright, right? Because you're going to do one of the three. Or freeze, I guess. That's fright. That is fright, yeah. yeah. That, that um, I, like, I like fright better. That, that kind of gives it more of a rhyming. Did I just come up with that on Yeah, the that was good. I Wait, guess so. Very crisp, like a poet. I better stop coming on here. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at those. He's really good at those. You know, I have. we have known each other for very many moons, and so there might be some rubbing off going on. Mm -hmm. I actually learned the other day that apparently about 10 years ago, <laughs> never mind. And <laughs> <laughs> so too many stories. I got to get back right, on track. We got to get to the story. So I asked my friends, well, have you ever been in that position? Okay. Do you really know what you would do? And, uh, they said, well, I know I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't shoot someone. So well, I actually have a, I actually have pulled my gun once, um, on a person. So my husband was out of town. He was in Florida for work for like a week. So, and I was having some of my community group girls over for a little girls night, you right. know, post bedtime hangout. And we were, we were drinking a little bit of wine, just a little bit. A little cab. <laughs> it was a cab. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, and all the girls left. It was all, It was really only about 9 o'clock. It had just gotten dark. It was a summer night two years ago. Um, and all the girls left except for one, my dear friend who must be named, Chelsea McCown, our lovely women's deacon. Women's here. deacon. Yeah. I actually think that she was just taking over as women's deacon. From maybe? you. From me at the yes. time. So we were, we were bonding, getting to know each other. And, well, this was the ultimate bonding experience because she stayed back to use the restroom before heading to Georgetown. Oof. And while she was in the bathroom, we started hearing a loud thumping noise. Um, check my baby monitor. I assumed it was my daughter kicking the wall right. because she was kind of doing that. But she wasn't kicking the wall. She was sound asleep. Um, I, I really didn't think much of it. I just kept thinking, huh, what's that sound? Meh, strange. And Chelsea, she was a little bit more concerned. <laughs> a little bit more concerned. She kept saying, oh, there's something out there. There's got to be an animal out there. My dog started. I have a five to ten. It fluctuates. Right now, she's like ten pounds. Sometimes <laughs> she's like five. It's a beast. She's getting porky. <laughs> a little porky yorky. Um, that was good, too. Way yeah, to go. she's a... <laughs> can't come back anymore. <laughs> Turn into Chris. 
<laughs> she's growling at my back door. And we were like, wow, something must be out there. So Chelsea says, um, yeah, it's probably a really big animal. That's a really loud thumping noise. And I said, let's go check it out. Grab our <laughs> flashlight. She's like, I'm not going out there. I said, let's go. Um, so I grab a flashlight and open my sliding glass back door. I thought I had backup. I thought Chelsea was with me. Turns <laughs> out Chelsea was not backing me up. She was behind oh, the, the door. Just like she was, a. Uh, uh, maybe like 10 feet 20 feet back okay she, she was yeah. holding my dog actually she was Thanks. she was gonna be there to protect Probably. the child just in well case actually we'll, we'll get to that part yeah. so <laughs> um and i opened the door i just turned my light took my flashlight turned to the right from where the direction i thought i heard the noise coming from and there was a a guy jumping off my roof i caught him mid-jump landing into my backyard and I will tell you, my first inclination was not to shoot him. My first inclination was to yell at him in the manliest voice <laughs> I could conjure up. I mean, I did not resemble a man by any means, but I yelled an expletive at him really loud, deep, low, manly. <laughs> Probably about the volume you wish I would speak into this microphone. <laughs> and he looked at me, deer in headlights. I do think I scared him. Um, and well, the rest is history. I let him run away. <laughs> now, how fast did he run? Oh, he started running real fast. I mean, he, he darted around. He had to hop over my inflatable pool and then hop the fence to get out. Okay. Um, and I, I did, I had pulled my gun out and chased after him. Oh, wait, so you had- Get off my lawn! Oh. <laughs> wait, hold on, how did, where was your- was your gun like uh, on you? No, it was very close to me. Okay. I was not expecting to need it when I opened the right, door. Right, you thought it was an I, animal, right? I thought it was an animal, that, but then I, I grabbed it very fast and um, yelled at him to get off my lawn with the gun. Anyway, well, Chelsea, she ran She ran with my dog. She ran up the stairs to barricade the my daughter's room Aww. like a real hero. I mean, it was- That is a hero. Because she didn't see the guy, but she heard me and she just reacted in the moment. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was. That's really awesome. Hey, it was scary. I mean, it's terrifying. Like, yeah. yeah. I will say, in the moment, my heart was very calm. I was, I was controlled, and I was, I was like, I will do anything because he was on the roof near my daughter's nursery. So I was so really was worried. he looking at your daughter or like spying on? You him? know, my my head was spinning with all the possibilities, yeah. and I couldn't make heads or tails. I couldn't so make sense of it. Kidnap her. I mean, why would he be on the roof? It, that's I think that's the, that was the hardest part is you couldn't make sense of what was going on. My husband was out of town, which means his car was not parked in the driveway. So I there was this thought to me is like, did this was this person watching, waiting for him to be gone? Why was this person on the roof near my daughter's bedroom, which he couldn't have probably gotten into? But it's just okay. all these things, and it's like mm -hmm. when you feel like you're threatened like that. I mean, at least I know what I do, mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful. I mean, thank God so, I didn't so need it. So I'm going to segue this because um, that's a cool story because it. Don't it, act like you didn't make me tell that story on well, here. <laughs> I, I did not make you. There was no. I don't make anybody do anything. It just. He's going to be like a cool story, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. It's a cool story. The reason why it's a cool story is because okay. we have a question that relates directly to it. All right. From all right. The Pastor Plex podcast question text in which you can join the conversation at 737-231-0605 or leave a voicemail at pastorpleck.com we would love to hear from you 
But the question is this. Why does God prevent some disasters, not others? So clearly a disaster was prevented in your case, right? So somehow he's on the roof doing his thing. He and was he, doing his thing. And, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, video footage would later confirm the man was not wearing a shirt and his pants were falling off. <laughs> really? So That's wait. horrible. So I don't even know what to, face. I don't even know what to do with that. All right. So, um, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no, no, the, don't right. invite me back. No, no. Look. She so, had a peeping Tom. So you had a peeping Tom shirt off, pants down. <laughs> no shirt, pants falling down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. So. What? Okay, this is the part I, I get confused. If he's on your roof, I mean, what is he look looking at? He had to have been. It's a. Really, Do you have like a window into your like living room or something? It's a. I, I tried to shorten the story. It's a lot longer and more complicated. Long story he short, he was in the backyard before he was on the roof, and then he was back in the backyard. Like we saw his foot on my back porch. It was a whole thing. Wait, I saw wait. His, okay, what? it's too complicated. <laughs> On, do you, you have, like, so is he like laying outside or down on the roof and his foot like hang off? <laughs> so in hindsight, it would appear this this person was trying to peep into my house. There's reason to believe that he was outside the house. A lot of the girls had seen a, res- a person that resembled the shirtless man <laughs> outside my house when they arrived when it was still light outside. They saw him creeping around in the in the field. Um but they didn't think much of it. He was with because, another you know, guy. You, I guess a lot of people just have big fields with people creeping in them. Yeah. There's reason to believe that he was just trying to look at the pretty girls that were over for wine night. My oh. friend. Yeah. And, but probably also on drugs because none of it makes much sense. Okay. You saw a foot on your porch. What? No. Fo- oh, you. Fo- yeah. On yeah. the porch or on the roof? No, you saw it on the porch. This it took what? about the whole story lasted around thirty minutes of us hearing noises, looking out the back window, hearing noises, sitting down, drinking another glass of wine, looking out the back window, <laughs> um, and at one point, like I looked out, I saw a foot, and I saw it slide away, and I said to myself, "Did I really see a foot?" I didn't see a foot, and I checked the reflection to see if it was mine or Chelsea's foot. When I saw it, I was like, "It's not our feet. Can't be a foot. Must be an animal." I mean, we live out. There's okay. a green belt behind us. That makes us. sense. I mean, that is so creepy. Weird snakes, animals, coyotes, owls. You know, it's like bunnies. It's like a must be an animal. Can't be a foot. Right. And then but- it was about ten minutes later that the thumping got really, really loud. It was right above us on the house, and that's when we decided to look out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, do you have a history of peeping toms? <laughs> Probably not that she knows of. <laughs> well, or do you? Oh, you do? <laughs> oh. Well, back to the question. Oh oh, why does God choose the hillside and <laughs> <Yeah>. not others? <laughs> so, oh my. No, I mean, how often does this happen to you? I'm just curious. No, I mean, I can't. I, you can't just let that go. Like, does, does this happen? Like, is I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's happened a few times, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, I had to go to therapy for it. I was okay. traumatized. All right. So, like, so why does he prevent some disasters and not others? That, that's the thing that I don't understand. And maybe you would ask, why do you get all the – like, I haven't had a peeping Tom yet. Well, look at you. I, well, I'm 
I may not have the spiritual gift of good looks, but I mean, I, mean, I don't understand how that works. So the, God has a purpose for everything that he does. Yeah. So and we, might, we don't always get to know his purpose this side of heaven. Yeah. Right. So I think that the question is, and so why does he prevent some disasters and others? God chose to heal some and not others based on the last sermon, <clears throat> the one where we talked about uh, heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have an NDE and see heaven or hell, but aren't saved and never get saved. So clearly God doesn't heal or avert disaster just for his elect. And, and I think what the question is getting at is why does God allow any of this to happen? Whether it's peeping Tom, uh, mass shooting, uh, evil, like war. I, I think you could look at, and I don't have all the details. And I don't want to start a political battle over this. But like what when you look at um, Vladimir Putin so, you know, taking... Uh, the military across the border. And it's like a war of attrition for him. Like mm-hmm. he is, he is sending his own soldiers into the meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so you could look at a humanitarian aspect of losing people in Ukraine, but man, it's, it's the real cost is taken on those Russian, the Russian military. That's another thing. Yeah. But why, why does God allow all that to happen? And I think, can I, can I give one Bible verse? I think I would start us off and then I'd love to hear pastor Joseph on what he thinks, but I, I go to Romans eight twenty eight. Because this is the most probably inclusive of disaster. All things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So uh, obviously God's purposes are always going to are never going to be thwarted. Uh, and God's always looking out for the good of of his people. And so I, I feel like that's an in, uh, a all inclusive statement that sort of gets us to the point of disasters happen and bad things do happen. But our response to it is to trust God. Joseph, do you have any other, like for you, for you and some, maybe the, the hardships have you endured and disasters you've seen, like how can you help people process pain? Um, uh, that because they're going, because I think people are, it's not just people in Uvalde. Uh, is that my saying that right? Uvalde. 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 Sorry. It's not just people in Uvalde, but it, it is people uh, across the country that are suffering and have, across the, the planet that are going through hard times. So can you say the first part of your question? Yeah. So in, in light of Romans eight twenty eight, all things work for the good. Those love and call according to his purpose. Uh, how are we to minister to people uh, that are going through really difficult <clears throat> times so that they can have a, a wrap their head around? Why does God um, move on some people and not others? Cause sometimes he even helps saves non-elect people that would never mm-hmm. profess faith in Jesus. Um, kind of the classic, the, the rain falls on the wicked and the unjust, and, as well as the righteous. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily first go there because when you tell people not all things will be good, but all things work together for the good, mm-hmm. that, not everyone wants to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone's able to receive that and trust that God is a holy God. Yeah, he could he could stop. He could have stopped it, and he didn't. Why didn't he do it? Well, he, we've talked about it last podcast about, I mean, he didn't want to create robots. Mm-hmm. And so he allowed certain things, and we don't, we won't know. Like you said earlier, we won't know until we get to heaven. God, why did you allow mm-hmm. this? We don't know what you did with this or, or how are you using this. And, and just taking my experiences personally, it's like, well, God, I, I grew up in a broken home. Like that stereotypical black family that you hear of that grew up in the hood mm-hmm. with in a single parent home I was that guy you know and it wasn't fun but I look at it now has it changed how I parent for sure I parent differently because my relationship with God but not having showed me what I needed a lot of what I needed to do did I miss out on some things that the times with my father of course I did but 
I, I trust God's plan, and I look at me as a father now, and, and not trying to be the hero of the story, but I'm grateful for the experiences that God allowed me to go through because it, it made me who the, the man I became. I don't right. know what I would have been, you know, if he would have been in the picture. And so I I trust that because I've seen I don't Now, when you're going through the storm, you don't want to believe that it's okay. Like, no, God, this isn't – I don't see how this is going to work out for the good. Like, I'm going through this. And the boat is rocking, and it's like the waves are all going around me. It's like, God, this isn't easy. Like, how, how can this work for good? And so I think we just have to be there, present. How do we help people get through this? We have to be right there in proximity, praying with them, talking them through it, being there with them more. Not always. Sometimes it's us being quiet and just being present. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know people don't like that because we are solution-oriented, and we want to fix. And, yeah. and we co- That's part of our coping. I. It reminds me of um, parenting, parenting my toddler, right? When she's going through something that to her seems really, really hard and really, Mm -hmm. really difficult. The first step is not just to rationally explain to her why we have to do what we have to do. The first step is to make sure she feels safe, make sure she feels loved, make Mm -hmm. sure she feels seen and validated and just loved no matter what, really. You wrap her in your arms and you help her calm down. And you sit with her. And then once once she feels safe, then she's able to engage her, I think, prefront, prefrontal cortex. And then you're able to talk about, like, some of the rational reasonings. Like, we don't let you run into the street because you could get hit by a car, right? But you do that after somebody has had the time to emotionally process. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, when somebody's going through something really hard, they don't always want to hear, well, God has a purpose. It is true. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. true. But sometimes I think most of the time it's better to sit with them and listen and and process with them before you start solving their problems. Right. Well, in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 3 and 4, Blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So, right. and he allows us to go through things and struggles like my meth habit. Like he allowed me to go through that and lie to my wife and deceive everybody uh, so that I can minister to other people that are facing similar situations now, like in the recovery ministry that our church has. Well, yeah, I feel like, well, even your story, it's much deeper than that. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think about you as a parent mm-hmm. and, and you've had to deal with its extreme adversity in that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I'm actually going to see her for the first time she'll ever remember in her whole life in a week and a half. Wow. wow. Super awesome. excited. Wait, wait, wait. I don't I think going that. for her high school graduation. Holy cow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. <clears throat> when was the last time you saw her physically? I saw her about 14 years ago. She doesn't remember it, though. I used to have full custody, and I had her for about a year and a half, but she was. it was up until she was almost three, so she doesn't remember living with me either. Um, and then just... One day, drugs and alcohol and divorce and just I, I I let excuses get in the way of a relationship with my daughter. Then I moved here and it was easier just to uh, put it in the back of my mind and just out of sight, out of mind. Um, mm. Like her mom did make it difficult, but I was the one that gave up. Um, and then it's, it was actually a sermon that you were preaching one day uh, right after my um, salvation. A few months after that, I was just convicted. I was like, man, I need to be a father. And so that weekend, I. Uh, or that week I got plane tickets and I flew up there the following weekend. I was pretty sure she wouldn't see me, but, um, I just wanted her to know, like, I'm serious. I know I've said this before, but I'm here. 
And I wrote letters every month since then, sent picture books and stuff. And then um, Christmas, not last Christmas, but a year and a half ago, Christmas, she emailed me and said, hey, dad, I'm ready. I want to own a relationship. And so we Zoom all the time now and we have a really good relationship. My mom's coming with me. So we're flying out next Friday. That's awesome. Yeah. Super excited. Wow. Well, I feel like that has not, I don't want to put a bow on it because that makes it too pretty, but I will. Because, uh, I mean, this is where all things work for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose. That mm-hmm. when you have really put Christ first and you've endured, like, I guess the suffering and just the disappointment. And uh, your daughter probably has endured a lot of, like, oh, yeah. like absent dad problems, issues that are all going to come with that. And for you to sort of heal and begin the restoration process. Obviously, this doesn't, on this meeting, it's not going to be like, yay, it's all better. It's going to mm-hmm. be a a start to yeah. uh, the process of healing. Yeah. I'm super thankful for whatever that sermon was that day. Wow. Conviction. Yeah. It was, it I must've been really amazing. I remember yeah. having a conversation with you then too. Yeah. About you going. So. It's good. Wow. Yeah. That, that's okay. Wow. Look, God does use your preaching. Yeah, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he uses James yeah. as more. Yeah, he does. He does. He, he's there's James and Joseph. Are, <laughs> <laughs> just far superior. I, I have already already gravitated towards that, which is why you know I'm I'm ready for uh, um yeah. We'll keep moving. He works <laughs> all things for the good. Your sermons, Josephs, James's, everyone's exactly. Sermons. You know, Chris, we need a youth director. We do, we do. Uh, all right. So based <laughs> on the last sermon, uh, some who have had NDE and and seen heaven or hell aren't saved, never get saved. I I want to go back to that. Uh, NDE meaning sorry near death experience where they have an experience in heaven or hell and I know this is the part where I think we'll say well why would God allow that to happen for them to get experience of heaven and then ultimately reject Jesus or have some sort of hellish experience and still reject Jesus Um, and what I really want to get to is why would God allow the elect meaning those who would be saved that he knows about to experience the goodness of God and a, an opportunity to be saved. And then also share that same experience with those who are not going to be saved. I, and I think it might be a little obvious. He, he wants to give, n- this would be the moment where he'd say that God would have the, none would perish, but all would come to eternal life. And so the opportunities mm-hmm. are always there. Uh, but the responsibility is on a human being to respond to the gospel that's being presented to them for eternal life. Um, I think one of the hard things for me is that um, even though these opportunities are over and over given, uh, people inevitably will reject. And that's why I think evangelism becomes difficult. But when you understand it in in Mm -hmm. terms of it's God's ultimate responsibility and we just have the authority to walk in his name, I think that becomes a powerful help for me, for me personally. But what about you guys? Uh, For Leah, I think we we touched on it for uh, Joseph and for Jeff. For you, Leah, how about... What is it for you when you see God working in someone's life? How is he choosing that? What would you what would be a good answer for somebody that when they're like, how come my kid didn't, you know, my kid didn't have an experience of um, getting healed or things turning out right and this other one did? Yeah, you know, I also wrestled with this growing up a lot too. I, I wrestled a lot with why is God not healing my mom. I'm going to church and I'm hearing all these stories about healing, healing, healing. And my mom was, she was sick when I was growing up. And I was like, why is he not, why is he not healing her? Um, And I wrestled a lot with that. And I was 
there was a time where I was very angry about that. And in fact, when I was visiting my grandmother last week and she actually brought it up. She said, do you resent your mom for her being sick when you were young? Because she was sick during your really formative years. A lot of your siblings, not the case, but for you, you missed out on a lot because of that. And I told her, I looked at her, I was like, no, I don't actually, not anymore. <sighs> I mm. processed a lot of that, I think, when I went to college and was around a lot of my peers and I learned a lot of things. A, nobody had a perfect childhood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nobody. And B, if the childhood I had made me who I am. And I was actually, I was proud of who, I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who God has made me. Mm. And he's used all of those experiences to form me in that way and and i have i have a level of grit that i wouldn't have had otherwise and right. I'm, I'm thankful for that um, yeah. I, I i do appreciate that leah mm -hmm. I, I think for me the, the story of job is always really helpful um <clears throat> you know here's here's a man who was righteous and wealthy and did everything right and doing right things got him more wealth and he loved had 10 kids and he loved his kids and he was a great dad and he prayed for his kids and he raise them right and all of a sudden satan comes to god like and god's like hey you consider my servant job it's like god shush why would you bring him up like why can't we just keep that on the dl and then all of a sudden god takes pride in us and satan wants to take us down uh and then uh, and it might be that's probably true for beyond that and so then satan goes and attacks job just that spares his life but takes his 10 kids and you're like what do those 10 kids have to do with anything i mean like what like that kid's life was cut short why and then you've got, he got, has boils and sores and his wife essentially wishes him to be dead so she can move on. Uh, you know, like this is an awful lot in life. And I don't know how long he spent in that misery, but mm -hmm. there was Job getting sort of criticized for not acknowledging his own unrighteousness, his own sin, and still at the same time not cursing God. Well, and he did get to a point, though, where he started to question sure and then what did god say to him he said like where were you did you make yeah. the, the mountains yeah <laughs> did you make leviathan where were you when i did all that mm -hmm. who are you to question me you're just job and yeah. i'm god right no you right little spanking yeah <laughs> a little spanking yeah and i think that goes to romans 9 why why if when can the potter ask the potter why'd you make me like this uh, or clay you know can the potter ask the potter clay ask the potter I think that's where we, we struggle because we want we want um, we want to be treated based on our intentions of our own righteousness or the way we view ourselves for a lot of, a lot of things and like I should be at or I should have and that's not fair as opposed to God you are God I am not and I'm just gonna follow you and ultimately Job did come off his high horse and then repent and uh, he said you know I've spoken too soon so rashly and then I love this gets into prayer. I love how God tells him to pray for his friends and he would heal them. Mm -hmm. And that always makes me think if he didn't pray for his friends, would they not be healed? Yeah. You know, I, I just always, I love asking that question because here it is. He God they probably wouldn't. Have. Yeah. I, I, cause God, you, this is another thing on prayer, but God activated his will through the prayer of Job, which he commanded Job to pray. Anyway, that can get complicated. I but love I, it. I, I, that that's when, that's why I always talk about prayer is activating God's will as opposed yeah. to me. Like, conjuring up a wish that i want for me but rather mm -hmm. god using me to pray so i get to be involved in the activity of god anyway mm -hmm. so i feel like what i'm what i'm saying here with pain and the problem of pain is you know classic c.s lewis it is god's megaphone to us that in our pain we in our catastrophe it gives us no other option but to to cry, reach out to cry out for the lord well he draws near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit boom 
All right. Any other thoughts on this podcast from uh, Pastor Joseph Bacon the Third? Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I, I think for me, it brings up a time my mother had was going through cancer the first time, 2015, 2016, and sometimes you say, why, why her, mm-hmm. why me? The question was asked, and we sit, we talk, pray through different things, and you read through the verses of Romans eight, and you say, well, why not you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm. and then kind of what with why Joel, not like, you? why not you? Why can't I use you? Do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust him. Then why not you? Why can't I take you through this? Why can't you trust me through this? I don't want to go through it. Well, I want you to go through it. And so the, those moments where you say it, it takes those hard times and it draws you closer to God. It's like, God, I have to lean into you for this. And so so when we communicate this to people and, and sit there with people and we're, we're loving people well while they're going through the things that they're going through and they're, they're mourning, whatever it may, may be. And cause I've been that person where it's like, I, I've elder Joel is someone who's decided for me and I'll say, Hey Joel, I'm done. I'm tired. I can't do this. And he'll just send us scripture. I'm like, I don't want no scripture. I want <laughs> you to feel my pain and my, my frustration. And, and I read the scripture and it's like, man, this is what I needed. I don't want to need this right now, though, but I know this is what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so the closer you get, those kind of things begin to, to impact, and then you get to hear the other side. You get to see the fruit. Because I remember for you, however long ago it was with your daughter, and it's like, man, that's emotional to think that. Yeah. Boy, you, you, had never, you was telling me the story, and I'm like, man, wow, God. It's awesome to see you move. And, and though we may feel like you're slow in your timing, your timing is always perfect, God. Oh, yeah. And so that's my thoughts. No, I love that, bro. I appreciate that. Uh, any parting thoughts there, Mr. Jeff? I'm not thankful for hurt, but I'm thankful for the closeness of Christ in those times. Mm-hmm. I remember when my sister, three years ago, was in the hospital. We thought she wasn't going to make it before their wedding. Uh, man, just the the, the orchestration of, of how God brought all the events in all of our lives together to allow me to be in that hotel room and just witness miracle after miracle. It's crazy and that she's alive today. It I mean. is, yeah. And just the, I've, I've never felt the presence of Christ as intimately as I did in that hotel room. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I I try and, I, I, I go back and read my journal entries for those, that week, like when I'm feeling distant or I don't want to pray this morning or whatever, I'll go back and read and I'll, I'll remember like, okay, all right. So it's, it, it it's not just in those times, but you, we can reflect back on them uh, and draw close to the Lord um, when things when times are good as well. So I mean, He definitely does use it. it. It's not easy when someone is going through that, but like y'all have said, a lot of times it's just a matter of being there. Yeah, Leah. My parting thought is that I think we're all fortunate to be able to look at suffering and hard times and say we can see how God's hand was at work during that time. But you're not always going to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. And we might go through life going through severe suffering sure. and not have answers. Yeah. That's why eventually you do have to lean back on you have on those verses. You, d- you have to trust that God is working for good. We might not understand it in this mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard to do. But so basically, if you're going through something hard and you can't see, or you've been through something hard and you can't see the reasoning, you can't see God's purpose there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. God doesn't right. always reveal those things to us this yeah. side of heaven. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, the conversation. 
Make sure you go to pastorpleck.com, leave us a voicemail there, or you can text us at 737-231-0605, and we would love to answer any and all questions. We talk faith, culture, and everything in between. Uh, we are pumped that God is using this podcast in your life, so make sure you subscribe and share with all of your friends. Uh, from our house to yours, have an awesome day.